episode 39 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, where we talk about entertainment and gaming news that happened during the week and what we watch or played also during the week. Before we get into introduction and news, allow me just to get a message from us out before this week. I do realize that this is coming out on Christmas Eve, maybe a little bit earlier if I depend on editing it early. But first off, happy holidays from us, you know, Craig and I at the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. We hope... We hope in a time where things seem uncertain, you're able to find some happiness in a crappy situation that 2020 has put us in. I'd personally love to thank each and every one of you for who's listened to the podcast for so long and has continued to support us. And maybe with everything going on, we were able to make 2020 not so bad. <laughs> and now without all the mushy stuff out of the way, my name's Barry with my co-host. Uh, my name is Craig. And, you know, just saying that it's kind of crazy that we're going to be coming up on a year pretty soon of doing this yeah come march of yeah. next year i think is yeah. when we were officially at season two is what i'm going to call it <laughs> season of, the, two. <laughs> of the podcast true that's crazy it went by quick yeah and there's still still plenty of stuff to get through before the for the next year you know where people are still waiting on who knows maybe nintendo decides for the second year anniversary of our podcast to release a nintendo <laughs> switch pro there we go that's you know, that that would surely be honoring us in some way, I think. That's probably what they're doing. They're probably holding out for us. I appreciate it. Yeah, Nintendo, you know, we're big fans, and I'm glad we were able to convince <laughs> them to uh, to hold off the Switch Pro until our two-year anniversary. Yep. Or maybe, I guess, one year. No, it's two years, because this would, yeah, second year. Going into the second year, yep. Yep. All right, other than that, let's go ahead and get into the news, which there isn't too much news, but there is some surrounding pretty much what was the biggest game of the season this year. Yeah, that's where all my news comes from. <laughs> Looks like we're both on the same track. Yeah. So I'll mention first, people are beginning to file for class action lawsuits against Cyberpunk 2077 failure. And I think that stuff's hilarious. Uh-huh. That people are trying to sue a game for not performing well or was not, quote-unquote, as advertised. You know, this is... When we start doing this stuff, that's when gaming becomes murky and people and, you know, developers start to go, oh, we hate gamers like gamers suck. Yeah. And this is one of the things that gamers do. And I'm I'm by no means participating or we are participating in this class action lawsuit, like developing a game is hard for anybody and especially a game with that much hype around it in the first place. It was never going to perform to everybody's expectations. And you know, maybe if maybe they just needed to say, you know, it's only for next gen and they probably not have to deal with all the stuff going on with this game. Yeah, but, they probably should have held off and just not released it until the next gen was ready next year. But obviously that would have caused an uproar, too. Yeah, people, you know, executives need to cash checks and mm -hmm. they want to post big numbers for the quarter. And Cyberpunk 2077 was CD, CD Projects Red. Uh, their biggest game that they've been released in a while so they're they're looking to have their stock and money investors skyrocket before the end of the year and yeah. i think in a lot of ways it did and probably hurt them as well but yeah kind of a double-edged sword actually i you know personally i think that they honestly like they are getting a lot of backlash but you see the amount of copies they sold i don't think they're losing any sleep over it yeah <laughs> like, and they shouldn't be i no. hope they aren't <laughs> they made a ton of money um tying into that i have you know, the mass refunds going on right now. We had Sony and Microsoft both come out and say that they would refund the game, Steam as well. And then we also had uh, like actual retail stores, Best Buy said that they were going to do returns. Um, but the funniest story I saw coming out of this was people complaining to Microsoft when they got their refund that they couldn't still play the game. <laughs> that I saw that stuff too, and I'm so glad you mentioned it. That yeah. stuff's hilarious to yep. me. Like what, what kind of company, like what they would... What you're asking out of them is the game for free. Yes. Oh, this game is so broken at state. I want it for free. That's not how that kind of <laughs> stuff works. Like people getting upset over that was just the insanest thing I read this morning. <laughs> like that's the kind of stuff that gives gamers a bad name is that kind of like, I, I don't know, it's not pettiness, but just being like that cheap. Like, yes, I want my money back, but obviously I still want to keep the game. What are you thinking? And it doesn't work that way. If you want to refund the, you know, the game, by all means, go ahead. And all the consoles and like PC as well gave you that option. But to think that you'd still have the game is insane. Like, I just don't understand people's mindsets. And it's just the 
the choosing the choosy beggars type thing where they just want everything for free. Yeah, and one thing I'll mention too is that on on top of that story, Sony was really the only one to take it off mm-hmm. of the marketplace just entirely, which is a bold thing for Sony to do in general. Right. But um is that still I, on like if you were to go on your PS5, would it still be in the PlayStation Store or not? No, it's not in the PlayStation Store. If you look up okay. Cyberpunk on PlayStation Store, it's like it's like skins for other games that are labeled under <laughs> Cyberpunk. Okay. I mean, obviously, you can still go get a physical copy. It's not like it's you can't get the game anymore, but that is pretty interesting that they did that. Yeah, and then the only other really new story I had is I saw yesterday on a video, uh, like people at Walmart fighting over PS fives. <laughs> I did see that. With the, you know, it's I guess it's not really a crazy video. It's not, but you know, it's two women who end up fighting somewhere in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Apparently, is where the video took place yeah. at a Walmart. And it just goes to show like, you know, this, I don't think it's ever worth that much, but it's Christmas time. And I think with how COVID ended up like kind of shutting us all in, everybody really tends to overreact this year, especially or to any situation now. Tension is high and consoles are what everybody wants this year and they're impossible to find. So obviously this was going to happen sooner or later, but it's still embarrassing when you see that kind of stuff. Um, I also had just tying back into the cyberpunk thing, the uh, eight megabyte save corruption. Yep. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Which is wild. Um, I haven't had any issues. I didn't actually check my save file size yet, um, but I haven't done a whole lot of crafting. But just for the sake of the story, if your save file goes over eight megabytes, it apparently can corrupt your save file. Um, But I have like a million save files, so I should be okay. I think. At yeah, worst, you told me about yeah. that. I went ahead and made a couple save files because <laughs> some of mine are actually close. Because okay. I'm because I do I have like disassembled a lot of weapons and tried to like craft a bunch of stuff. Okay. So it, you know, I, I had to be, I had to be careful because yeah. it's uh it could could cost me my game at this point. Yeah, I haven't messed with the crafting at all. Like I have the one uh, perk where it automatically disassembles like the junk items. So I have a okay. lot of stuff, but like I just haven't messed with it. I just haven't really seen the need yet. So I don't think I'm close to that eight megabyte size. But you would think that this is something they would patch out pretty quickly. I would hope. Now that yeah, they're once aware they, of it. Once, <laughs> yeah, once they patch it out, I'll probably be able to play Cyberpunk a little bit more religiously just because I'm I'm afraid that I'm at some point going to get to you know, eight megabytes and then suddenly all my progress is lost or something like that. And I have, and you know, I made separate save files, but again, I really don't think that's something that somebody should have to be worried about. No. Is, oh no. If I craft this, am I going to corrupt the save file? If it's all dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy. I don't know. I guess that's a good transition into what we're playing, but like, I think I put in what we said, like about 10 hours last week and I probably put in about maybe five this week. Yeah, Um, I kind of backed off a little bit, took a little break and was playing some other games. But, you know, I've seen people are already at like the 40, 50, 60 hour mark, which is wild. Um, I don't even think I'm that far into the main story. I've just been doing a million side missions. So you may be actually farther in the story than I am at this point. Yeah, it would it would be interesting to see. We we aren't going to spoil anything with that. Mm-hmm. I I got to play a, a an okay amount of Cyberpunk this week. It was more a matter of I've been uh I've been trying to like play the game and have fun with it, and I still am for sure. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of this like these bug things and that save file is such like a huge issue for me in a lot of ways that I'm afraid to to continue playing it. I want to play it more. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to I also don't want to lose everything that I've worked hard on. The The game is still fun and it's still worth a buy. Yeah. But, you know, this is the kind of game that we have to all be patient with. Yeah. Um, it know, like, it feels way. like everybody forgets how bad The Witcher 3 was when it came out. Yeah. Like that it was in the same. I don't know if it was this bad, but like it was pretty bad when it first came out. I remember even though I bounced off of it. Like, I remember playing that when it first came out and being like, man, this game is insanely buggy. So I, I just think it's kind of par for the course for CD Projekt Red. 
Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully it all gets fixed. It's I, I still find it hilarious the whole thing with gamers to be like, "What? I don't get to keep the game after you refund me? Like, how does that make any sense?" And I still haven't really had any major issues. I had like my first issue where I had to reload because I went to just a random like exclamation point on the map, and I went to check it out. And when I walked up to it, it like kicked me to a loading screen, which I thought was weird. And then when I loaded in, I was underneath the map. So oh, okay, I don't know what that was, but like that area still has that exclamation point. I haven't gone back to it, um, but that's pretty much the only issue I've had that has been like, oh, I have to reload my last save. Everything else has been pretty fine. But yeah. yeah I, um, I, do you play anything else? I'm just trying to think, you know, I've <laughs> I've been I've been back on my switch a little bit. I played a bit more of Hyrule, uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, okay. which we've already talked about, really. I haven't gotten to play it yet, but the final demo for Bravely Default 2 came out on Switch the uh, this week, so I plan on playing that for next week's podcast. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're we're at the point where nobody's really releasing any games right now. Everybody's trying to, you know, enjoy the holidays and everything like that. Good for them. Yeah. Probably because uh, game developers are were, were really affected by COVID. They probably deserve a little break from all of the uh, all of the stuff that went on this year as well. Yeah, I played like I fell back down the Rocket League hole. Um, I did see you play. Yeah, (laughs) last time I played it was about two years ago, and I was playing that at that point, like religiously every day um, for like a couple hours every day. And I got really into it and I stopped just because of like the anger and frustration it would cause me. Um, But, you know, one of my other friends you know, asked me, he's like, Hey, do you still have that installed? And I was like, no, but I'll redownload it. So it passed like two nights, I guess I've been playing it and having a lot of fun, but also quickly realizing why I stopped playing it. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how long I'll stick with that, but it's been an interesting break to go back to. It hasn't really changed much, which I was surprised. Um, still like the same maps, obviously there's a couple new ones, but yeah, I was expecting like a big change having not played it for two years, but it's, the same thing. Um, and then I did play the Need for Speed Hot Pursuit remastered. OK, um, and it looks good, um, at least on next gen consoles. I just remember playing this on my 360 when it came out. I remember buying it, but I totally forgot that, like the Hot Pursuit series has literally no customization options on your cars. You just kind of yeah. un- <laughs> you, you just unlock the cars and cop cars and just drive, um, which is fine, I guess. But like seeing like just bare bones stock uh cars like like with like the stock rims on them is not super fun to me um you know even like forza doesn't give you like forza motorsports doesn't give you a whole lot of customization but they give you at least like rims um so it's it's fine it looks good it runs well um so if you have a nostalgia for that game then i guess that would be a buy but I just quickly remember, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this game. It was literally just do a race, unlock a couple cars, do another race and unlock and just kind of switch as you go. So for me, it would be like a rent. If you haven't played it before, I guess rent it or get it through Gamefly. But man, it, it's not a buy for me. But yeah, I guess if 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 I if I forgot to mention something, I guess I've been playing and I've been playing Warzone again. Okay. Uh, at some late nights, I've been playing it since the Cold War update. Mm-hmm. Some of the guns that I like to use in Cold War multiplayer are not available in Warzone, which kind of stinks. But I've been I've been able to get like a group of buddies uh, again to play uh, Cold War, and it's fun, of course, with buddies. Mm-hmm. You're always gonna find some fun with it. And you know, I got a, I got a win yesterday in duos, and I was nice. like, you know what? This is that's that high. That's that <laughs> high that these games give you. That you're like, yes, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. But uh, and that was followed by you know. 12 consecutive losses or something like that so (laughs) yeah that's been like since the update which they're calling what season two right well season one season one of cold war yeah it's been kind of the reboot of cold war um warzone as well because i was playing warzone quite a bit again before this new update came out and then that came out and they added in some of the cold war guns so i you know i've been kind of going back and forth between warzone and cold war trying to you know like oh let me level up some cold war guns but i'm still having like a hard time with cold war where i'm just like not finding it as fun as uh modern warfare was for me at least like the multiplayer side of it so it's been kind of a disappointment like i want to level up those guns to use in warzone but like doing the the way they have you leveling up those guns for like the camos is 
not fun at all. Like not, <laughs> yeah, not even yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and it takes so long to level them up. So I'm sure I'll still be playing it because that's just what I do, but definitely not having as much fun with cold war as I did with modern warfare. Yeah. And you know, it was definitely cold war has been a step back mm -hmm. now that I've kind of dipped more time into the game. The cold war multiplayer definitely was kind of the biggest disappointment. I think for me, even though like zombies is really good. Mm -hmm. Zombies is a lot of fun and I enjoy playing that, but you know, for zombies, you sometimes have to stick yourself into a game with the same people for two to three hours, depending on how good everybody is. Right. So when it comes to that kind of thing, you're almost just like with multiplayer, it's like, OK, a seven minute game and it's over. I can restart or just leave mm -hmm. uh, with zombies. You can't do that. <laughs> you know, you're <laughs> yeah, you're in there you for a while. <laughs> yeah, you got to dedicate time to that, unfortunately, which, you know, I I've I only you ever use the same two guns in cold war or any of the call of duties anyway you go through an experimental phase which i guess is fun yeah for the new for the new cods every year but the moment you find the weapons you're good with you're stuck with them or you use them and then never really transfer off to anything else unless you're trying to camo all guns and that kind of thing which i usually end up doing but i always like fall off of doing that before i actually get like the gold on all of them I always start out with that intention. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then once I get like four or five done, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always the game that I end up going back to when I don't know what to play. So it's good to have it there in the background. Yeah. Well, those are really the games we played this week. So we're going to have a little bit of fun mm -hmm. with uh, with the podcast. And we're going to we're going to dish out some high sensitivity podcast awards. Yes. This year. Uh, don't get we won't have our top games of the year this year that's going to be saved till slightly after january i know i've made my list craig's working on his list mm -hmm. and for the site i really do plan on going more in depth as to why this game belongs where it does yeah on my list and everything like that i think it'll be something where craig and i do play a lot of the same games there's going to be a difference in what we find fun or what we both enjoy so i think that's a yeah it's a unique take and what everybody kind of does for the most part yeah absolutely all right so uh just just for some some fun here the biggest surprise games for me kind of i nominated three and i picked one okay was hades among us and fall guys if there really is any kind of question or guess here for me it's hades <laughs> uh without without a doubt in my mind it, it was hades and that game was just so much fun this year and it's nice to finally give it some more recognition through this podcast and through other people talking about it as well. I know this week that IGN, it announced its game of the year and it was Hades as well. Yeah. So it's uh, the game, the game's getting, you know, what it deserves from other outlets. What I like seeing this year, I think, which is different from most is that everybody kind of went into the game awards and like, that was the tell like, Oh, this is it. This is the telltale sign. This is what wins where, Right now, with other Game Awards, what I'm noticing is there are other people who are suggesting, okay, this is actually our Game of the Year. It's different mm -hmm. from that game show, which is what I like. You know, more you know, more games should get a chance at that. And while Last of Us 2 was very good, yep. it's, it's nice to see that the community is kind of like, oh, as a group, we like this better than this. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, biggest surprise, I got three, and I'll go from, I guess, ranking the third to the first. So number three for biggest surprise, I have moving out um, just based on the fact of how much fun I had with that game and like the amount of fun that my family had with that game kind of came out of nowhere. I expected nothing of it. And it was a, you know, a good time for about a solid week every night. Like my family was playing that. So caused a lot of anger and yelling, but it was still fun. Um, and then second, I have um, the Mafia remaster for biggest surprise um, because that was, you know, when the second and third remaster in quotation marks came out, that was such a disaster that I think pretty much everybody had not a lot of hope for the actual original mafia remaster, but it turned out being very, very good. So that would be my second. And then my first one was a uh, crash bandicoot Four, um, another game that like I was kind of excited about, but hesitant because it really has no business being as good as it is. Um, but it was such a, like as a throwback to the other games, it was perfect. And like expanding on that and, you know, making it 
extremely fun and replayable. So Crash Bandicoot 4 is my biggest surprise. Uh, that's that's a really good pick. I like the Crash Bandicoot 4 because I know a lot of people are super, we're super excited for that game. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it it's that type of game isn't as big as it used to be. Right. For sure, because at the time, you know, Crash was a lot more pronounced for what it was doing with gaming. And nowadays it's kind of fallen back. So, yeah, the Crash Bandicoot, one I think, is a really good take. Yep. For me next, I'll then go with Biggest Disappointment. Okay. Which I'll do the same thing that you just did. I'll go three, okay. two, then one. For me, I have to put Cyberpunk 2077 at third. Mm-hmm. I am having a lot of fun with the game, but I am disappointed with how it runs for other people. You know, there's right. if we if I was not as fortunate as I was to get a Series X, I would be playing this game on a last gen console and probably pretty upset at how the and how the game is playing and how I couldn't and that I wouldn't be able to play it. So we have that cold war for me. Uh, I, I really expected big things from this cotton in ways it does deliver, but the multiplayer, which uh, modern warfare had, you know, made it so much fun. The cold war really doesn't do that for me. Maybe it's just the multiplayer getting old or something, but it doesn't mm-hmm. get there. And then for me, the biggest disappointment is going to be Madden 21. <laughs> I've talked about how I have a really stupid, sick addiction to this game, despite how disappointed I am in it. Yeah. But it's a matter of the next gen. It solved very few things. Yes, the game looks a tiny bit better and players interact kind of how they shouldn't in better ways. But for for how well NBA 2K21 did next gen, NBA, oh sorry, Madden twenty one just kind of threw it all in the trash, yeah, and 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 did what they had to do, and you know they're still updating it and they're still trying to make it better, but until we get to the final product, it's going to stick as one of my bigger disappointments for this year. <laughs> That's a good one for you for sure. Uh, all right, biggest disappointments. I have four, um, so we'll go at the bottom here with number four. Number four for me is also cyberpunk. Um, again, we're having, I'm having a lot of fun with it, but you know, the fact that it's so bad on last gen consoles and the fact that it should have been probably delayed until they could have an actual next gen release of this game is, you know, such a bummer. And I think at this point, like you're causing such bad taste for some people with this game that when they do come out with this next gen version, maybe next year, maybe the year after, I don't know if people are going to want to play it anymore. Um, even if it comes out, you know how like when GTA did their next gen version, they're like, oh, we added first person mode and all this other stuff like that worked because people enjoy GTA five. But with the amount of hate that this game's getting, I don't know if it's going to work for them if they try to do the same thing. Yeah, but I guess we'll see. Um, number three would be the last gen version of NBA 2K21. Um, okay. We, we've both said that, you know, the next gen version is very, very good. It looks fantastic. Um, they changed up the, you know, the city um, that you do your online games in. But having played both because I bought it, you know, when the next gen consoles weren't out, it was such a like pathetic attempt at it as a cash in. Like they changed literally nothing. Um, everything was exactly the same. They just updated the rosters. It was, you know, very clear that all the work went into the next gen version, um, which is fine. But I don't like the fact that, you know, I paid the hundred dollar version of 2K because it came with the next gen version. But a lot of people yeah. didn't do that and still paid. You know, they still paid a lot of money and got a, a reskinned version of last year's game it is crazy to charge full price for that. So I have to put that on there just to kind of hold them, I guess, accountable uh, for what they did there. Same thing with Madden. Uh, All right. The next one would be the Mafia 2 remaster. (laughs) So if I'm putting the first one on biggest surprise, the second one is biggest disappointment. Again, Mafia 2 is one of my favorite games on the, you know, the 360 PS3 area. Had such a fun time with that game. And I was so excited to be able to play through that game and have it look fantastic. And they didn't do anything with it. <laughs> they they literally just put remastered on on the title there and, and they didn't change anything. Um, it looks the same. 
because I checked if you were to go in, I have the disc of Mafia 2 and just put that in, uh, you know, a console and play it. It looks exactly the same. So they did no work on this game whatsoever. So that's biggest. Yeah. That's a big one. And then my top one is uh, Cold War. I know it's high on your list, too, there, but it was such a a letdown going from the single player, which I thought was really, really good. And I had a lot of fun with and then jumping into that multiplayer and just the lack of maps uh, at the beginning was, you know, there's not a whole lot there. There isn't a whole lot of guns and just I enjoy getting gold camo on guns. But, you know, for somebody who plays it every year, some of these challenges, like the one in particular that everybody's upset about is getting kills from an enemy that's hiding from you in cover is just the most ridiculous thing because <laughs> it's just random. Like it's it's yeah. totally random that you get those. Um, and it just makes the, the grind to get your gold camo ridiculously long. And I don't know if they did that to extend the lifespan of the game, but it's something that they could change and they probably should, and it would make the game better. But at its core, I just don't find the multiplayer as fun. Um, and I don't think it's just a matter of fatigue for me. I just think it's just the maps aren't as good. Um, and I just don't think the guns are as good. So those are my biggest disappointments. Yeah, uh, they, they all sound they all sound pretty good. It was funny to hear about the Mafia 2 and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that biggest disappointment because I do remember all the stories that came out with that with how it literally didn't look different in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's just the same game that they're charging more money for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next up on my list is another fun one. Uh, cool characters to get a beer with. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, when when we're playing games, I want to be able to connect with people. And the best way to connect with someone <laughs> is just to grab a beer with them. Yeah. I now I think this I think my my third ranking is probably going to get a little bit of flack because this problem. This person probably shouldn't be on here at all. Okay. But I went with Gabby's love interest in Last of Us 2. <laughs> now, I realize that I think he I think he's a dick. Yeah. And he's yeah. And, and he's not the he's not the best guy. But what I do want to mention is, you know, Gabby's love interest in Last of Us 2, which is I'm not even going to look up his name because he really doesn't even matter at that point <laughs> or that much. But, you know, in the middle of like a zombie pandemic and where everybody else is, you know, all doom and gloom, he tries to find some sort of happiness. Like he lives in an aquarium. Yep. Like that's that's pretty cool. It is cool. And, you know, they're. There are Christmas lights during the one section when it's cold, and it, lo- it looks like a cool place. Not that anything's alive, but he seems to be really the only person that's like, you know, okay, I don't have to like be all doom and gloom in the middle of a in the middle of you know the end of the world. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Next one for me would be uh, Spider-Man's Peter Parker. Whether it's the old one or remastered, I'd love to figure out how the remaster got that much plastic surgery done to him <laughs> that he looks like a completely different person and younger. Yeah. And I, I'd love to hear I'd love to hear what he has to say about everybody hating on him for plastic surgery. <laughs> That's a real good one. And uh, for me, my, my number one is going to be Jackie from Cyberpunk 2077. OK, uh, I just I love his character. He's just this big he, he's this big, scary guy, but around you and he's pretty much your best friend in the game. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, he you guys make fun of each other. It's like a really good bro relationship if Getting a beer with him is would just be fun. There'd be so many bros being thrown around in yep. in getting beers with him. That's a real good choice. <laughs> uh, all right, so I have three as well. So number three for me is uh, Mr. Johnny Silverhand because it's Keanu Reeves, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, his character I think is pretty cool. He, you know, I I don't know. Do you call him a villain? I don't know because I haven't completed the game yet. He's <laughs> um, he's a he's like a love hate kind of guy. Like you love him because he's Keanu Reeves and I love everything Keanu Reeves does. But like he is kind of a dick, too. So um, I just think he'd be fun. Uh, obviously, he has like the the rocker persona going for him as well. So he's definitely he, my has, n- he probably has fun. Yeah, he definitely does. He probably does a lot more than just drink beer, but he's uh, definitely a cool dude. Uh, number two for me would be Abby from the last of the two. Um, Just because she's going to be the one to pound a 24 pack of Bud Light. You know, she will. Um, And then probably smash them all on her head. 
but <laughs> I, I, love, I, I, I love the picture of that because you also have to find out how her arms are bigger than everybody yes. else's in the entire you know, game. She'd probably crush them between her bicep or something. I don't know what she would do, but like, yeah. And she just, you can just imagine the stories that would come out of her mouth when she was drunk. So I think she would be a fantastic one. And I know a lot of people don't like the character, but I just think she would be hilarious um, yeah. to get a beer with. And then, my number one uh, is also goes back to growing up as a kid, having everybody has like those uh, those video game character crushes. Um, yeah. So for me, it's Tifa from Final Fantasy seven. Um, and obviously she owns a bar, too. So there's that. Yeah. But she's definitely my number one, um, even though looking back on it now when I was a lot younger and having that video game crush and it was just pixels, it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So she looks a lot better now than she did back then. But I just think she's, she's always been a a cool character to me. Um, All of them in that game are, but by far I thought she was the coolest out of all of them. So hundred percent. Number one for me is Tifa. Yeah. She's more of the ones like her and Aerith tend to be a little bit more laid back and tend to have fun. You wouldn't want to get a drink with cloud. No, clouds just, (laughs) Clouds, uh, Clouds, you know, has a stick up his butt. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Barrett is just going to be yelling the entire time. Yep. Uh, about saving the planet. Yep. And <laughs> like, and that's and then you pretty much just have those two that you would that you would want that you'd want to have a beer with. Those are that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Tifa, for sure. Barrett, I, Barrett would be fun, but like you would end up in fights. You know, he would be getting you into fights for sure. Kind of yeah, like uh, kind of like your number one as well, Jackie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one for me is going to be uh, playing a game I played too long this year. Yeah. Now, th- this one's kind of funny to me because uh, number three for me is going to be Madden 21. I yeah. this game this game's trash. I don't know why I'm playing it as much as I am. But I <laughs> You're think playing it like have, every day. <laughs> I think it's because I didn't play Madden for a long time. OK. And despite how bad this Madden is, like I'm just having fun with the gameplay and for me, Madden's a game that I can like listen to something while playing it because mm-hmm. the commentary in that game is so bad to begin with that I can listen to other podcasts or I can listen to a YouTube video while playing this game and not really miss anything in either of those aspects, whether it's listening or playing Madden. So okay. Madden's going to be number three for me. Uh, number two is going to be Destiny Two. When I got my injury, uh, when I had my injury. Destiny 2, I binged that game so hard. <laughs> and now that the consoles are out, you know, if Destiny 2 was a game that I wanted to come back to, you know, for its gameplay and everything like that, I feel like I would still be playing it, but I'm not. Yeah. And, you know, over the two months that I pretty much was in quarantine, just at my house, I put over, I put in over 100 hours into that game. I finished all the campaigns I got. I went and did, you know, some of the exotic weapon quests. But if but it's a game that I'll admit that I played for, you know, I, I, I why did I play that much of this game? Probably because it was, it was out. I could have been playing other games or finished a backlog or something. But instead, I finished Destiny 2 for whatever reason. Yeah. And then my number one for me is going to be Apex Legends. Uh, I've, I love Apex. I really do. But the how bad I am at first person shooters does not warrant me actually playing that game for as much as I have (laughs) and how I continue to come back regardless of how bad I am to play that game and, you know, just play with friends is pretty much is pretty much what I, what it is with apex and a apex is fun. And I really like it's overwatch type thing where it has certain classes of heroes that have certain abilities. I like that spin on it. And it keeps it more interesting for me than what sometimes what Warzone does. But those for me, I I played all three of those games for far too long this year. <laughs> Battle Royales in general are just like they're there when you need a game to play with your friends. They really are like yeah. it used to be, at least for me, it used to be sports games, um, specifically 2K that like a bunch of my friends, that's what we all would play every night. But like it has definitely transitioned to Battle Royale games. It's just the easiest thing like if you're playing with your friends, like you do get frustrated when you lose, but it's not really that big of a deal because at the end of the day, you're all just kind of there just talking anyway. Yeah. So, you're just making fun of each other. Right. Bad. You, you yeah. <laughs> and with the way this year has been, it's how everybody catches up because you yeah. can't really go hang out like you normally would. So 
thank goodness for battle royale games for sure uh all right so three games that i played too long this year number three and you could argue that it could be higher coming from me but number three for me is doom eternal and (laughs) (laughs) because i beat this game and we both you know we stream the game awards and i catch flack for it but doom eternal is not a good game and i'm like annoyed by all the people putting it in their top 10 of the year because it makes me think that i'm crazy like i played a different game or something but doom eternal i should have stopped playing but my love for the last doom that came out a couple years ago was so strong that i was like no i'm gonna get through it gonna do it and when i got to the end i was so upset by the last boss battle that like i just it was wasted too much time it it probably wasn't that long thinking back on it to get through that whole game but it was just too much um Number two, and I think this one applies to you as well, Borderlands 3. Uh, we yeah. def- we definitely played yeah. that game too long. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, we beat it, but uh, we played... Did we play one or two of the DLCs? We got through two of the DLCs. Okay, all right. And then is that the third one, the one that we fell off of? I yeah, think? the okay. yeah the th- yeah the third one is the one where we just kind of went, eh, this is... <laughs> eh. So I think if we added it up we probably spent a good what 30 40 hours in there yeah and i'll actually admit what's bad is i have a friend of mine who's now playing um borderlands 3 again and he Mm -hmm. asked me to play and in my head i'm probably going to pick up borderlands (laughs) 3 just because it's going to be something other than like warzone to play with them right and you know I i might be coming into borderlands 3 with a more bit of more fresh perspective just because 2019 we really did binge like borderlands 3 pretty pretty good there and finished it and then they brought out the dlc and we tried to jump on it right away yeah but now that maybe time has passed i don't really remember any of the jokes which is probably a good thing (laughs) right in in the end so that maybe i'll enjoy the game a little bit more with it but that's yeah i don't want to say that i hated the game because when everybody everywhere was saying how bad this game was we were the ones saying that like it's really not that bad like you know we enjoyed our time with it but yeah i think we burned out on it um and you know everybody's saying that it looks really good and it runs really well on next gen consoles and like i know i had some issues on my one x when we were playing it with like it would kind of stutter or the frame rate would drop so you know right if it's a smoother experience it may be worth at least checking out i mean it it is sitting on my shelf and i do look at it from occasion and being like i should probably finish those dlcs you know i i bought the edition that comes comes with the season pass i should probably get my money's worth but i definitely think we got our money's worth but i just think in general we probably played it too long too fast we'll put a little asterisk next to it but yeah we we definitely put a lot of time and then my number one obviously is warzone Again, like so much time. I don't even want to know my my hour count on this game at this point. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably insane. Um, But it's just like there there's so many nights where I'll turn my Xbox on and be like, all right, I'm going to play Cyberpunk or I'm going to play this game. And then I'll get a friend. I'll get that invite party invite. Be like, hey, come play Warzone. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just playing Warzone for two or three hours tonight. So it's always there and it's what I always fall back on. So I definitely put way too much time into that. <laughs> it has to be number one. That's not even close. <laughs> yeah, I guess we kind of feel the, the same way, whether it's for Warzone or for Apex, for sure. Because mm-hmm. you, I was still playing Apex while you were playing other games. Mm-hmm. And then you were playing Warzone when I went to start playing other stuff, too. So yep. we never kind of fell at the same point there. But now that I'm playing Warzone again, it's kind of like, huh, kind of. <laughs> Kind of remember why sometimes. Oh, yeah. Now, with the self-titled podcast, I figured we'd have another, you know, my last fun award is going to be the highest sensitivity game. Okay. Which is the game that you should play on the highest sensitivity. And for me, and the game I personally play on the highest uh, highest sensitivity is uh, three would be Destiny 2, Mm -hmm. uh, two would be Call of Duty, and then three, I actually have to like adjust the sensitivity for Apex Legends a lot. At least <laughs> now that now that I've become aware of playing like 
computer games and getting adjusted to it Mm -hmm. sometimes the analog stick is just so much slower than what a mouse is and how instant it is so having to uh having to adjust the sensitivity after playing on pc for a while during my injury was definitely something different because everything felt so much slower afterward yeah uh all right i have three and two of them are the same but i also have an honorable mention that i would like to throw out there so my honorable mention for highest sensitivity game, Fast and Furious Crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> because you got to play that game fast and furious. So honorable mention, um, that wonderful almost game of the year for me, Fast and Furious Crossroads. Um, all right. So number three, um, this is the one that is not the same as your list, but uh, I put Spellbreak. You remember that game? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do remember Spellbreak. Yeah, we had some fun with that game. Um, so I have to throw it on here just so it doesn't get forgotten. I'm assuming the player base on that game is just gone at this point. But uh, I don't know what it was if the game was just super easy. But, man, we were just pumping out the wins on that game. Yeah, I think I think it's because, <laughs> like, you know, there are, there are all the mothers that like, oh, guns, you can't play guns. Oh, magic <laughs> and spells, that's safe. So, But I had, like, uh, a, I had a decent week or two with that game. I enjoyed yeah. it. Um, so, yeah, spell break for me. Um, number two would be Apex, uh, and number one is Warzone. I think that's kind of self-explanatory there. But, you know, I didn't. I did want to make sure that Spellbreak is not going to be on any, like, isn't going to be on my top ten list and wouldn't be something that would get thrown into probably anything else. So I do want to give it a little bit of recognition because it was a, it was a fun concept, and I think they, they did pretty well with it. It could have been better, but, like, it was fun. It was a good time. Yeah, I definitely didn't hate it. No. For sure. And one thing I will mention, too, is after like reading like the award we just did with high sensitivity, it's kind of pretty much self-explained. Most of our shooters are of some sort Mm -hmm. that maybe maybe next year we decide to nominate like the highest sensitivity game as our version of game of the year. Maybe that's what we decide to do. It's a little bit confusing tagline there, but right. You you know, we're we're working out the kinks. You know, this is our first year, so we're getting (laughs) we work out the kinks and next year will be a live broadcast uh twitch stream <laughs> oh boy that's a lot of pressure yeah i know i know i'm setting up our expectations <laughs> to fail here that's what it sounds like <laughs> all right so we but go to what we watched yeah what we yep what we watched and big one pretty much pretty much yeah this this week we're just i'm just gonna jump into the mandalorian <laughs> uh fun there and i have to say that if you guys listen to the podcast i called it i called that we were going to get some cool spear fighting scene yeah you and did, I did. You did. And, you know, if Kevin Feige, if you need someone to write (laughs) the next season of Mandalorian for you, I could easily do that. I could give everybody what they want. And that that last episode was a lot of fun. I want you to know that I out loud and you can check with my wife on this. I out loud yelled, Barry called it (laughs) when the spear and I was like, Barry called it. I knew it. He knew it. It was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah that's but it, it, crazy it was worth it it yeah. was it was good too and the you, you know we can kind of just go into what what i thought was cool about this episode especially is it, it starts you pretty much right into the action kind mm-hmm. of just getting right to the point with the episode and i thought what the mandalorian i'm gonna call back to other kind of disney properties here because i feel like this um, the Mandalorian season finale does a lot of things right. For example, the the storming the light cruiser scene, where it's pretty much all of the female actresses kicking butt in the yep. entire in the entire spaceship, and that didn't feel forced. No, uh, like how it did with Avengers, where they all kind of look at each other and they go, "Okay, this is the moment. This is when we do it." They just come right out of the ship and just start blasting away. <laughs> and yep. I think, and that's and that's what I really liked about it. Like it. I didn't have a problem with either scene in either of the movies, but I do know that one complaint that I that I read about was the woman scene feeling forced. And in I didn't feel at all this way in this in this finale. Yet again, there was only what? There's only two guys that they that they could have picked from and yeah. Mama decided to stay in his ship in order to be the distraction for them to emergency land. And the Mandalorian, you know, he was looking for the kid. So right. they kind of sent them in their own different directions there. Yeah. But I thought I thought it was nice and it wasn't forced, which is a statement to how Kevin Feige kind of writes 
his scenes and doesn't make it seem like this is something that has to happen. Yeah, it was not forced at all. And you just kind of watch that scene and being like, well, I mean, obviously they're the ones who are going to go out first and obviously they're just going to kill everyone because they're all badasses. So it just made sense, which was great. Like I, I look forward to, and I like to see that we're starting to get to the, getting to the point where it's just like, it's just a given, right? Like we had to do that for a while we had to get ourselves to the point where like, no, like women in movies and specifically women in action movies can be the leading stars and they can steal the scene. And now I feel like we're kind of getting to the point where it's just like an understanding. They're like, no, they're obviously going to do this because that's how cool they are. So exactly. yeah, it was just so well, well shot and written. I, I loved it. And then, like, the next part I'm going to talk about for me was, of course, the uh, the Mandalorian versus the Dark Trooper and then Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. Like, both times, uh, you, we kind of knew that whatever Mando was going to do against the Dark Trooper was pretty much going to be pointless. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because those things have been put out to be pretty much almost indestructible in a lot of ways. And while having that scene where the Dark Trooper is, like, pounding his face in... <laughs> I keep yeah. waiting for just the metal to crush, but because it's Beskar, it's not it's not even moving. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine like being in a being in a helmet like that where you can see yourself getting punched and you're not automatically, you know, a flattened pancake at that point. Right. And then the the Moff the Moff Gideon scene was just it, it was it was pure fan enjoyment for me considering Pedro Pascual mm-hmm. was uh the spear was a spear user in Game of Thrones. And they got to call back to that kind of um, skill that he learned because it was it was really good. And Giancarlo Esposito was awesome as yeah. Moff Gideon. And I love the fact that he's like, just assume I knew it. I know everything. <laughs> just assume that no matter no matter what your plan is, I already know what I, I'm already two steps ahead. Right. Which, you know, is why when we get into the final part here. Uh, where the you know the big surprise you know oh one X wing's gonna save us great we're saved and then it turns out to be uh, you know the big the big surprises which is Luke Skywalker yeah uh, getting to getting to come back and another Disney thing that they did was they tried to kind of copy the scene from Rogue One mm-hmm. with Darth Vader and I will admit I did prefer I do prefer the Darth Vader scene in Rogue One oh yeah me too like yep. it it is so much more badass than what um kind of luke did and maybe that's not the point of luke (laughs) right but the the getting to see him was 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 pretty cool you know the cgi wasn't terrible right and you can and looking at his face you can see sometimes there's not a lot of facial expressions because it's cgi Mm -hmm. but they i think they did as good of a job as they could with with that we got a we got to see that CGI in Rogue One as well. To see it brought back here with a more prominent character w- was cool. And it didn't look cringy at all, which is what I'll primarily say was what I was surprised with. Yeah. Um, so for me, like the Dark Troopers were like a a point of emphasis for me because one of my favorite games on PlayStation 1 was uh, Dark Forces, Star Wars Dark Forces. And yeah. the Dark Troopers, that's where they first originated in that game. And like going back and playing it now probably wouldn't have the same effect because of how bad it looks. But like those things were those things were absolutely terrifying when they showed up in that game because they were almost unbeatable. Um, But I liked that they kind of got their due and the fact that he was just pummeling the Mandalorian uh, made them show how powerful they are. But I also think it worked with showing how powerful Luke Skywalker is when he just kind of comes in and just gets rid of all of them like it's nothing. so I liked what they did with them. And then also what I'll get into in a little bit, tying into what else I watched this week. It was such a like a, a high of season ending things. And also uh, Juan Carlos Esposito is, you know, such a good villain. And he was also the villain in the other show that I finished the second season of this week. Um, okay. So he's fantastic. And like he played Moff Gideon so well. Um, I don't know if we call that a lightsaber. It's just a sword, right? But they call it a dark saber. <laughs> right. Like, I, I, but I it's guess a it's a sword. sword one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, like, 
he you know him having a fight scene was cool showing off you know how how capable he was um was cool and obviously we'll still be seeing more of him but my question that my biggest question after it ended and obviously you know the end credit scene and you know it's been announced the uh the spinoff for boba fett is coming yeah um but i don't know what they do now um unless they just like the child is such a big part of the show for a lot of people like i like him but it's not the main reason i watch the show i enjoy star wars so for me a star wars series about uh the mandalorian is cool but yeah i think them essentially getting rid of this character unless they go back to him like i don't know where they go now because the child is gone right um and obviously he says he'll come come and see him but I don't know. I just kind of left me like, all right, so what do we what do we do now? Do we just go back to him going around and doing jobs? You know, do we focus on the other Mandalorians? Um, where do we go? So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, yeah, I feel like one like I think I, I personally think Kevin Feige did a lot right with the fact that one, the child had to go. You know, everybody mm-hmm. loves the child to the point where having that emotional connection to him and if he never left it would have i feel like it would have just been a uh he would have ended up hindering the series eventually with with him always sticking around and needing to be helped now one thing i did wish kevin feige did is i'm pretty sure the mando has that ball from his ship yeah and i really wish that he would have given that to grogu as kind of a goodbye thing that would have been cool yeah for him just because that was the thing that the the child you know grogu really liked it was the thing that he always either wanted to play their version of catch with or you know try to eat it yeah and (laughs) you know i I wish he did that and i guess where the series goes from here is there has to be something between bo katan and the mandalorian now yeah where mando probably has to decide if he's going to help the um their situation or not i feel like he has to Mm-hmm. At this point, because, you know, his intention probably really wasn't to screw over Bo-Katan, but I really liked the, it was just another wrinkle in Moff Gideon's plan where he goes, okay, if, if I kill the Mandalorian, I'm good and I'll be set free and I can get out of here. But if he keeps me alive and doesn't kill me, then Bo-Katan's going to be pissed at him. Right. Because I didn't surrender to her in battle. And, you know, a part of me at that point just wished, you know, Bo-Katan just like took the saber and just, you know, went on with her life. But <laughs> how it how it is in, you know, ancient ways and in Star Wars is, you know, usually what brings power is the story of what that weapon does and not really the power it, it holds or how powerful it is. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, it was a fantastic way to end it. Um, I kind of hope that, you know, obviously he's going to go see the child later, but maybe we get to see him a little bit older. You know, maybe when he does see him, he has his, you know, his force powers a little bit more under control. That'd be kind of cool for me to see that. But yeah, I think they do kind of do something with their home planet, right? Going back there. I think that makes the most sense. But one thing I'm interested to see just mm -hmm. really quick is I might have to watch the the newest trilogy again. I think it was in The Last Jedi where he talks about the school Mm -hmm. and to see whether or not in the scene where, you know, kylo ren burned down his force schooling type thing if whether or not there's like the the egg-shaped thing that grogu was held in oh yeah and if it's there that might be a really cool callback if it's written that tightly right to the point where he was part of that force school i don't expect it in all honesty (laughs) but i definitely would think it would be cool if kevin feige kind of took his writing to that level where grogu is in his force academy as he probably should be yeah. Of uh, in in learning stuff. So I'm interested to go back and I'll let you know my findings next on the next podcast. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool if that was in there. That'd be insane. Um, but we have a long time to wait, right? Not until next uh did they say next holiday, next winter. Yeah, next holiday. Three. So but again, there's well, a, there's a million things coming out on Disney Plus, so we'll be fine. Yeah, one thing I will mention is like it didn't say it was a season three for Mandalorian. It just all they said it was the book of Boba Fett. Right. So I don't know when this new season for The Mandalorian comes out and whether or not COVID had anything to do with delaying right. the new season. But that's that's just something to think about with it. Yeah. 
Um, and then the other thing that I finished this week was uh, the second season of The Boys. Yes. So cool. I was I was awesome. I was riding high on uh, season finales this week. Let me tell you. Um, so now that I finished it, we can actually talk about it. Season two is like leap years better than the first season. Yeah, it is insane. (laughs) Um, And go ahead. I was going to say, and like the, the lead up to it for the season finale is there are just so many payoffs that you get. Yeah. It's another scene where the girls are kicking ass, which is what they allude to in the like first couple episodes. Girls get it done. Yeah. That's what it is. Girls get it done with, with them standing up to storm. Yeah. And I loved everything that they did with storm that season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I and and the whole interaction that they had with Billy and the kid and the wife and everything like that, like that whole dynamic, you know, we got to grow. We got to grow and become attached to that family to see, you know, and maybe, you know, to see Billy happy. Yeah. Um. But, you know, this is this is this is what that show does. <laughs> it gives yeah. you. It, it makes you become attached. And then the moment that, you know, you're you're like, OK, maybe they get out of this. All right. No, they're not. Yeah, they're not getting this out unscathed. I think what's crazy to me that really like caught my attention is, you know, especially since I went from the first season right into the second one was the first season. Like you watch that whole thing and you're like, man, Homelander is like the ultimate villain, like the ultimate just horrible, horrible human being. And you get to season two and they're like, hold on, we got worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. Like you thought he was bad. Let us bring in, you know, let me bring in this other uh, superhero who also is a Nazi. Um, <laughs> and it's just a horrible person. And there's like a point there about halfway through the season where I was enjoying Homelander. Um, to me, like some of his stuff was hilarious and he's still a horrible person, but like just how like weird and uh i don't know like some of the stuff he does is just he's just a child he really is he never really grew up um but yeah and then also them saying that you know they're bringing in the next season they're supposed to be bringing in uh the the first superhero right which is uh jensen eccles from supernatural is playing the character um i'm sure he's going to be even worse um and stormfront is obviously still alive i'm assuming I mean, she was missing an arm and a leg and all that at the end there, but I'm pretty sure she's still alive. Um, just crazy. And surprisingly, like one of my favorite characters ended up being the deep. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and him getting caught up in that religious cult was just hilarious to me. That whole like side story I thought was great. Um, and even Maeve, I thought was cool. She had a redeeming arc there because she was kind of a horrible person for most of the season as well. Um, but just such a, like every every character in that show is so well done and they're all like you can find things to like or hate about all of them. Um, I personally love Billy Butcher, Carl Urban, but like I could see why people hate him. Yeah. Um, but it's just, man, such a great show. Super excited for a season three. Um, I think that's supposed to be coming next year as well, right? Yep. OK, yep, it is. So super pumped for that now that I'm finally caught up. And I feel bad that like I put this show off as long as I did because I watched that first episode of season one right when it came out and I just wasn't into it. So I'm glad I gave it another chance. Um, I can't like between this and the Mandalorian, like there's some great TV shows out there right now and there's so many more coming on Disney plus you have like a million shows coming. So even though we're all going to be stuck inside a while longer, like at least there's great stuff to watch. Yeah, and you know, we also even next week, while you know, we were able to talk about the Mandalorian for a while mm-hmm. and talk about you know the boys. You know, next week we're this week we're gonna have Wonder Woman. Yep. Uh, eighty four coming out. Yep. Soul is coming out on Christmas Day, so there's there's a ton of stuff that at least we'll be able to talk about for next week. Yes. And one thing I'll say about the boys too is just like the the amount of love hate that you that you know you kind of have for everybody and that reveal at the end of who that who the head popper is yeah completely kind of <laughs> wild like blew me away because we know there's that one girl that escaped from like the maniac facility that's who i thought it was testing them so yeah. that's that's exactly who i thought it was yep 
and then to find out it's not her and then go, oh, well, then where's that girl and what is she doing? Because, you know, she probably wants revenge on the soups as well. I just I think they're kind of setting it up as like she's going to end up making her way into the White House. Right. Like possibly. Yeah. Um, And you're going to have a superhero running the country, which would be crazy. Uh, But yeah, so many options they have there. But uh, another thing, too, that I have to ask you now, and since you didn't bring it up, is I need your thoughts on Tenet. Yeah, you know, Okay, so I did watch Tenet (laughs) and I'm not going to pretend that I wasn't confused for most of the time. And even the whole explanation at the ending was still like what <laughs> in a lot of ways because th- there were there were a couple things that i was able to catch on in the movie that mm-hmm. like they ha- i called it before it actually happened mm-hmm. with the protagonist character fighting himself right yep. once they went into you know the the reverse time world i feel like it's easier to call it an upside down world but that's stranger things yeah and you know i you know, the callbacks to the to the girl seeing the one girl jump off the boat while she was leaving. You know, there there was a lot of smart callbacks that they did. Mm-hmm. And the movie looks phenomenal. It's absolutely like a stupidly good shot film. And that's what Christopher Nolan can do. Yes. But this this story is definitely all over the place when it <laughs> comes to. And like now I understand why the reviews were kind of iffy on it mm-hmm. because it's so confusing. Right. And I mean, at its core, right, like without the weird storyline, the base of this movie is you're watching it normal and then halfway through you're watching it going backwards. Right. Yep. Like that's that's the I get that. But I just think he made it un like he didn't need to make it that obtuse (laughs) or confusing. You know what I mean? No, yeah, and I I get the whole like Christopher Nolan likes I think to challenge himself mm-hmm. with his cinematography, and I can see where this challenged a lot of the CGI and everything that the film had to do. But I think what this film kind of what kind of stinks that it didn't do is it's trying to explain all of the things that are happening in real time in the middle of action. Yeah, where you're engrossed with all the explosives and all the fighting that's really good going on. And then you have to and you're then you also have to figure out, well, how does this world work again? Yeah. (laughs) So it's it's I I still enjoyed the movie, which I think says a lot, considering I was confused for three for for three fourths of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. But. uh, You know, we've I just wish it would have taken its time, I guess. I really wish that I could have learned more about, you know, Tenet. And everything yeah. like and everything that they did with that, just because there's there are all these really good callbacks to, you know, oh, this is where the protagonist is going to be and what's going to happen to him. And you can call it before it actually happens. But the. The villain's kind of weird, too. Yeah. yeah. Of the, you know, you know, they want to stop all of this reverse timing and changing of the future and ending the world, quote unquote. But if if you really don't know how he's ending the world, then it's kind of, it's kind of all confusing and there's no stakes in it, I guess. Right. Into not understanding how that world is going to end. Yeah. I just like, it looks so good. And like the action scenes are so well done that like, I wanted to just be able to have fun with that and appreciate that. But like you said, like you can't, because as you're watching it, be like, hold on, wait a minute. How, what is he doing? How is he doing that? Um, and you know, I personally thought like when you first start the movie and he gets where he's at the firing range and she's showing him how to like, you know, think you have to think that you already shot the gun and then the bullet will come back or whatever they were talking about. Like, I was waiting for like some insane, like shootout with that. And you don't really get that, like some of it at the end, but they don't do that. Right. Like I was just looking for like some big scene where they're like pulling bullets forwards and backwards at each other. I thought that would have been kind of cool, but you don't get any of that. <laughs> yeah, that w- that would have been cool. Yeah. And I I guess like a part of it too is like I don't get how a tenet or inverted bullet like 
automatically kills you even though it's not a kill shot like i guess i guess the body the bullet that went through time gone through you but it made it seem like it was almost like an infection yeah that you know had to either heal before they could go back in or something like that it's all very it's it's all very strange that part wasn't explained very well they just kind of they're like yeah it'll kill you (laughs) okay all right cool it's a bullet it's still very dangerous yeah (laughs) but yeah i mean I, I will absolutely give credit to how well done this movie was, how, you know, like thinking out these shots and that kind of stuff. But I just wish it wasn't so out there. And so like making you think so hard in the scenes where you shouldn't be thinking at all and just be appreciating these cool action sequences. But I'm glad exactly. you at least enjoyed watching it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not. It's definitely not the worst thing no. that I've had to experience all year. No, it's not. Uh, and and that's considering, you know, I, I had to go through surgery and whatnot. That movie was definitely <laughs> not the worst thing ever. So that's true. Uh, other than that, is there anything else you wanted to mention or no, give no, regards to before we sign this one off? Perfect. So again, happy holidays to everybody. This will be coming out on Christmas Eve. So if you're mm-hmm. bored, you know, give the podcast a listen. We'd appreciate it. How about put it on while you're opening presents? That's a family bonding <laughs> experience for sure. Yeah. You just you just start putting on a podcast like you just take over the, the family <laughs> playlist for Christmas music while opening presents and go, nah, this is nah, let's do this. This is a real Christmas. Yep. Uh, you know, theme here. If only we had a more Christmas theme going on with the podcast. I tell you what, though, but, you do that and make a video of that. You will be forever enshrined as the awesomest. I don't even know a good word but the highest sensitivity member of all time. Yes. You play on the <laughs> highest sensitivity. We put you at scale, like 11 insane call of duty yes. for sensitivity is what we put you in under the fan category. There we go. So yeah, thanks. Thank you guys for continuing to listen to support the podcast. Make sure you follow, follow us and share it. If you liked it with that, if you're interested in seeing more of our stuff, we have, we're on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, we have a website called High Sensitivity Gaming where we're posting a couple stories. We haven't been able to do much just because the game season has really slowed down. Yep. But expect a expect a pretty big post for both of us when it comes to the game of the year category. Oh yeah. And and talks about our top ten there. And with that, if you have any questions or inquiries, make sure to email us at high sensitivity podcast at gmail.com. Again, guys, we appreciate the support and have a happy holidays. I hope you guys get to enjoy the most out of it. Yeah, have a good one. Hopefully you get the consoles that you want. <laughs> yeah, we hope you guys found that found a PS5 console. I'll, yes. I'll say too, on Instagram, I was watching SportsCenter and some mom and dad prank their kid into, I guess they bought a blank PS5 box <laughs> and they filled it with shoes and stuff. The kids went literally insane for uh, for it. And then to open it and to see their faces just full of despair when it was like a Tim, a, you know, a Timmy shoe and stuff like that. It was, <laughs> it, it was really, yeah, it was absolutely mean. And I hopefully, you know, on actual Christmas, the kids get a PlayStation, I hope for. Right. But that just goes to show that. If you if you somehow got a next gen console during all of this, you you are a living, you know, miracle, I guess. Yes. Is is what I'll call it. <laughs> and with that, we'll see you guys next time. See ya.